please remain standing just for a moment and join me from in uh, reciting together from Psalm 3. Uh, note the, the dimmer there. I'm, I'm just telling you we're not going to say Salah. We're just going to pause just for a moment. So, O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me. Oh, my God. Please be seated. And the whole church says, Amen. What a joy to be gathered together on this wonderful day to get to praise his name. Really thankful that you've chosen to be here today. Uh, thankful that you've uh, decided to... Oh, goodness, it was on just minutes ago. I lost my lanyard. Sorry. Thank you to those who are wearing your lanyard. I think it's in there. I put my microphone on without it. So I'll get recover that real quickly want to thank you for taking the time to join us in person. I, I want to be sure after the welcome and the opening prayer, we're going to sing another song. And if you would like to move down and fill up some of these empty seats, Mark and I and the rest of the guys might get a little lonely if we have this big gap here. So if you would be willing to do that, we would love to have you do that. I want to welcome those of you who are joining us online. Thank you for clicking over. And uh, we pray that it's a blessing to invest this time with us today. I would encourage you to have your Lord's Supper elements ready as we'll be doing that at the end of the service and would love for you to participate with us in that. Feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you'll find an, an, a bunch of other good information and uh, inspiring stuff. And then finally also give us a, a like if you would before we're done. I also love to hear those comments. Appreciate those each week. So get a few of them each week. On your way in today, you should have gotten a copy of the Caring and Sharing, a number of things there that you'll want to be sure and take a look at. Again, we've had a, if you, if you saw the update midweek, we've had some sickness in the office, and so just a couple of things I want to clarify. We are having, are having praise kids today, even though the Caring and Sharing doesn't say that. And also want to be sure that you're aware that the fellowship meal will not be occurring this Sunday. So... Uh, we'll be looking forward to the first Sunday in February for our next fellowship meal, but the elders decided that we didn't need to spend that time quite that tightly packed and face-to-face -face with each other. want to be sure you know that you can always go to the website, www.ljchurch.org, to get updates and to download Caring and Sharing and Wednesday night announcements, and also just be aware of some ongoing prayer requests that are there. I do want to say... Uh, we're at a time when, again, things can change pretty quickly and almost immediately, just responding to, to different things to the best of our ability to do so. And by the way, no perfection here, no perfection in the elders. They're just doing their best to lead well. But to be able to hear at literally at the last minute if something changes, it's really critical that you're on our congregational update list and the way that you get on that list Yes, you can call the office and say, I'm not getting my text, and we'll, we'll help you through that process, but it's very automated to send to that number, LJC Update, just as you see it there, 
and uh, you should get a quick response that says, you've signed up, thank you very much. So we would appreciate everybody who wants to be aware of the latest that's going on to, to, have, to be receiving those. As we continue forward, want to be sure and remind you that we won't be passing plates for the Lord's Supper or for the collection. Would encourage you at this time, if you don't already have your little individual communion elements, to get those in hand and have them ready. You know what I'm surprised by is that nobody thus far has started showing up with Ziploc bags with their own homemade unleavened bread and a little bit of, little bit of grape juice in there. I haven't seen anybody do that. Apparently... Apparently, you like the stuff that's... Ah, excuse me. <laughs> I stand corrected. And, of course, Joyce would be the one who would take that initiative. So, uh, feel free to do that. Don't feel free to spill your grape juice anywhere you want to, but feel free to bring your own if you would like to do something like that. But be prepared. And particularly, again, as we move forward with our giving, be prepared to be able to do that either online or to place your checks in the box that are outside that's outside i do want to remind you don't tell you often it seems a little self-serving but during the middle of the week we do produce a video that's just kind of intended to update you maybe it'll give you a little bit bigger vision of the prayer requests that we have going on and hit a few things like that and i just encourage you to have that if you're subscribed to our youtube channel it's pretty easy to get to as well Prime timers at this point are planning to meet on the 17th. That's not this Monday, tomorrow, but next week. And so I, I think they want you to sign up if, if you're coming. So uh, let, let uh, Tricia Lamp or Lynette Richmond know if you're planning on being there. Our January mission emphasis is Habitat for Humanity, particularly our southern Brazoria County. Many of you have been involved with those builds. Many of you donate things to the Habitat restore that's that we have in downtown and many of you have participated in other ways we're being invited today they've already got a house up in january hoo hoo we're thankful for that it's over in brazoria and the dedication is today at two o'clock there's the address on the screen there it's also in your caring and sharing and you are invited to be a part of that dedication if you'd like to make your way over to brazoria Finally, I do want to specifically remind you that we are in a period of time from January through March. All those, that, those three months are a process that we call discerning our ministry potential. And what we want to be sure you know is that your, your gifts during these three months have a direct impact on the ministry and the mission that we can do as a part of this congregation. Your contributions will be the exact guideline by which we decide to do different ministries and so please be prayerful about how much you want to give and be very purposeful in making sure that your gifts come in during that period of time you'll be hearing more about that as we move forward uh, and and so I just want to be sure that that's in your hearts and in your prayers as a part of this process we're going to take three weeks actually four weeks uh, the rest of January we're going to be talking about a topic called why give I think it's an important thing for us to at least step back and reflect on. Maybe it's one of those questions that we don't ask ourselves very often because it's just kind of there always with us. But we're going to look at it and hopefully point us to some of what God wants us to understand about why he might ask us to be givers. So I ask for your prayers as we bring that series of sermons and those lessons together. As we begin our time of worship today... 
want to invite Rudy to come up. Rudy's going to be leading us in prayer this morning, and I would ask that you would join us in prayer today. Good morning. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, our mighty God, our Creator, our Savior, we are so thankful for, for allowing us to have the health to be here. Thank you for your love. Thank you for being a merciful God, and we thank you for everything that you provide for us on a daily basis. We pray that you be with those who are online, those who couldn't make it in today. We pray that you be with them, dear God, and you know their needs better than us. We pray that you be with, specifically with those who are in our church prayer list, and we thank you for them as well. We pray that you be with, <clears throat> with our mission, dear God, with Habitat for Humanity. Pray that you continue to bless them, bless Bill Lewis and the whole organization, and pray that you allow them to Put your love in action and help others. Dear Heavenly Father, as we get ready to worship your holy name, we pray that you allow us to, to open our ears and our hearts to take in your word. Help us to apply it to our daily life and allow your love to reflect on our, on our actions. And we pray all this in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please stand. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest rain, but only lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness fills his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace.
this time, we'd like to dismiss uh, kids to stage two nursery, uh, limitless kids, and praise kids. Uh, I know the, the caring and sharing said there would be no praise kids, but there is praise kids today. So if you have children of that age, please dismiss them now. Scripture reading this morning will be from the 10th chapter of the book of Mark, verses 17 through 22. 
As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Let us be faithful, 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 Lord. Let us be faithful, faithful, Lord. Though we cannot see, we still believe. Let us be faithful, faithful, Lord. We believe in the God who is able to bring justice and mercy to all. Let us be faithful. 
And again, the church said, I, I, I love, we've got a Sunday, we hadn't had one of these in a while, but we've got Mark C. leading David, uh, sorry, Mark K. leading singing, Mark C. Uh, reading scripture for us, and if you've never gotten confused about that, then you're better than I am. So uh, we're glad to have both of y'all here with us, and thank you very much for leading us in worship. He was shocked. He was perplexed. And I will tell you that at least one reason that he was shocked and perplexed is that he thought he had taken care of the most important things. He thought he had checked all the right boxes. He thought that he had it all in order and that Jesus was going to in some way or another affirm you've done it all right and everything is good except that Jesus loved him too much to leave him where he was. He loved him too much to let him think that he had it all together all by himself. He said, I want you to depend on God in a way that you never thought you could. In a way that people throughout our history, and he doesn't quote the Bible, but he might be pointing to Abraham who was told, take your one and only son and take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him. Or maybe like Gideon, who was told, uh, you know, that's way too many guys if we're going to win this battle and God's going to, I want you to be dependent on me, not on your numbers, so let's get rid of all of them and let's have 300 defeat an army of 10,000. Or maybe it was like David, who when he walked up against a giant had nothing but a sling and a few stones in his pocket. And there was going to be no doubt that it wasn't how great David was, but it was how great God was that made a difference. And on this day, Jesus loved this man so much that he said, I want, I want to invite you to something more. I want, you to I want to invite you to a life that understands how dependent on, for everything it is and we are and we need to be on God. He was shocked because he thought he had all the answers. He was shocked because he thought he had it all together. I love, I love to ask people, how did, what did his face look like? What did it, was it anger? How dare you? Because isn't sort of that the way we react sometimes when God kind of pokes at the core of who we are? The core of our sense of, I am me and don't mess with it. And God kind of presses that and says, I want that to be turned my direction. I want that to be filled with me. And we kind of react, wait a minute, God. Don't you know I've been on your side? Don't you know I'm the one who's standing up for you? Don't you know I'm a good boy, good person? Was it mad? Was it truly shock? Was it fear? Was it a sense of great mystery? I don't understand how you could ask anybody to do this. And at least one way that he would have accounted for this question is you need to understand that so much of the ability of the next generation to be stable and secure was the idea of passing on what the family, who, what the family had to the next generation. By the way, not that much different than we are today. 
For those of us who have the opportunity not to rent housing for all our lives, but instead to own a home, the ability for that to be something that we can pass along to our children becomes very, very important. And Jesus doesn't say give away all your money. He says sell all you have. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's my children and my grandchildren you're messing with there. And what Jesus would say over and over in other settings and in other ways is, yes, do you want them to live in a nice house or do you want them to know me? He reaches and touches him. I've mentioned this before, I'm fairly certain. I know I have in Bible class. I've probably mentioned it here in sermons before. But a few years back, we had a movie night, and we watched a movie called The Resurrection of Gavin Stone. If you've not seen it, I believe it's on Netflix as we speak. And I would, I would encourage you. It's worth, worth the effort. It is not a great movie. Do not hear me say that. It is a good movie, and I think you'll be blessed by watching it. But in that, they're enacting uh, Jesus' story. They're doing a play. And on the night of the performance, um, the character Gavin Stone, who's playing Jesus, comes to this scene. And the rich man comes up to him. And as he's acting out the scene, he recognizes that Jesus is talking to him. He's the young man that has it all together. He's the one who had everything that anybody could ever want. And, of course, the, the person playing, the young man, simply says, no, I, he does his best to have a shocked face and start to walk away. And in one of the most powerful ways, the person playing Jesus says, no, wait. Because what he saw was himself turning away from Jesus and the way that he, throughout his life of success, had put Jesus away, didn't even acknowledge that he was part of the thing. And he, no, wait, wait, you, you don't understand what you're walking away from. And to a certain extent, the reason we don't make this our daily reading, this is not the piece of scripture that we choose to memorize, it's not the one that we, we want to engage in, is because at some level we find ourselves standing there. And we hear Jesus talking to us and saying, I need you to be holy and fully mine. We're so quick to quote, greatest command, love the Lord your God. Say it with me, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Good Greek translation, well done. And yet sometimes we think, Jesus, you can't have all of me. To a certain extent, we, we sang the song um, Oceans this morning. And I don't know if you pay attention to the words. It's got some difficult notes and rhythms, so it may be that we get absorbed in those. But the words are to take us to that place where Jesus is standing in the water and Peter is standing in the boat. And Jesus says, come to me. And it's exactly the same kind of scenario as this man that Jesus meets, probably in a marketplace somewhere. He says to Peter, you're really going to depend on me because there is no way you're walking on this water unless it's through God's power and because you love me. It's a question that he asks all of us. Why give the title of this series that we're engaging in? Maybe, again, it's a question that we don't ask very often. 
But I believe that when we read it in its context, when we answer it with, from where the Bible answers the question, it has the same sort of intensity that a question like, why worship? Or why love? You see, it needs an answer. It needs to have an answer in your heart. And, and again, it has become, and, and man, it, it just has become so easy to set up your online giving and just kind of, you don't even see it anymore, those kinds of things. It's become so easy to just say, this is, this is not part of my relationship with God or things like that. And maybe that's why even more at this time, in this stage, in, in history, it's even more important for this discernment period for us to stop and say, what is it that I told TDECU to send a check to the church once a week for? And is that what I want to be giving? More importantly, not just what I want to give, but why. In fact, what you give needs to be a reflection of why we give. And we need to have a better answer than maybe most of us when we were parents. Why? 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 And what's the answer? Because I said so is exactly right. But we probably need to have a bigger answer than that. And by the way, God says, I said so. But he doesn't leave it as a trite answer because anything he asks us to do he asks us to do because he wants to bless us he doesn't want to leave us where we are he wants to bring us to a better place not necessarily a place of more financial wealth not necessarily a place of higher status not necessarily a place of more power but to a better place God's better place 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. And don't do it reluctantly or under compulsion. Again, because I told you so, right? Or under compulsion. For God loves, say it with me, God loves a cheerful giver. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? A wonderful picture. Maybe not a picture that we connect to all the time. I, I, I do love, you know, sometimes it's that first time that a child comes forward for kid's gift, right? And they don't, I mean, it doesn't matter how many times they've seen somebody put something in. Although I, I would say that the shorter you are, the harder it is to see what's going on up here. Not my fault. Parents, I would love to replace chairs because you've put your children up on the back of the one in front of you. And they've stood there so they could see what's going on. I'm, I'm have, I will sponsor the replacement of those chairs because I want your kids engaged. But they come down here to the front, and I have to put it in there. I have to let go of it. You've never given me a $5 bill before. Why am I going to put it in here? And, and by the way, parents, if you're really not prepared, I see 20s going in there. And I know that's not because that's a tenth of what they've got, but it's because you ain't got nothing else in your pocket. <laughs> and by the way, Somebody say, hallelujah. <laughs> Joaquin, down in the Dominican, will spend your $20 even if it was a mistake and you didn't intend to put it in there. And he'll spend it on really, really good things. Why does God love that cheerful giver? I've seen children cry when they had to let go of coins to put in the plate. 
I've heard testimonies from people whose parents literally pried their fingers off to put it in there. The word used for cheerful here is not a real common word in the Bible. It oftentimes is in Proverbs. It's used to describe the, the favorable or blessed life that one can have. Or at least if I live in God's will, I can, I can anticipate these, this favor, this blessing, this happiness, this joy kind of thing like that. Interestingly, the word hilarious. Our word, in, and by the way, it goes back to Greek roots and Latin roots and all these old roots. That word hilarious comes from this word. How many people do you see at Christmas when they walk up to the Salvation Army? And by the way, I'm not trying to say anything political here at all. How many people, when they walk up to an opportunity to give, drop it in there and go, <laughs> Just try it. Act like you're dropping something and then laugh as big as you can laugh. No, you're not participating. Sorry. That was a good laugh, but I need you to act like you're dropping. Everybody drop it. Ready? There you go. I happen to have rung bells before, and there are very few people. They'll smile. Something will erupt in laughter. And at some level, I think what God wants, God's good, is for us to walk into every opportunity that we have to give, including that which we give to church. But what I can give of my time and what I can give of my talents, what I can give of my person, and yes, what I can give of my finances, and just be so hilariously joyful and cheerful about the that God could use what I can give to bring glory to God. It ought to make us elated. We want to be engaged in Scripture, and so I want to take us this Sunday to Deuteronomy chapter 26. So if you have a Bible with me, I'd encourage you to open it up there. It may be even that you want to mark your Bible there. Uh, it may be that you want to leave your marker in Mark chapter 10, because in reality what you want to do is spend the week wrestling with this man whose face changes and who walks away grieving. But I invite you to Deuteronomy chapter 26 as well. Let's read together. Before we start reading, I want to be sure and put us in context here. Moses is writing to the children of Israel who have been 40 years in the wilderness, who've lived 40 years really without a home, who are now about to step into the promised land, and, and God has promised he's going to do good, big things with them in this promised land, that something that bigger than they could imagine is going to happen when, we get, when they get there. And as he comes to the end of that sermon, these are the words that he says. When you've come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it and settle in it, you will take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground, which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you, will, you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. It's really interesting language in Deuteronomy because it's always pointing them forward to something that isn't real yet. I think at some level its authenticity is emphasized by the way it doesn't say go to Jerusalem or go to Bethel or something like that. It says wherever, wherever that winds up being, you go there. You should go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. 
And then when the priest takes the basket from your hand, sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God, you shall make this response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number, and there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with the terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders. And He brought us into this place and He gave us this land. A land flowing with milk and honey. So now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. Just for a minute, I just want you to be thankful that the main liturgy that I engage you in is, and the whole church said, because all you have to remember to do is say, because this was what they were to say. They needed to memorize it. They needed to be ready. You didn't get to carry notes right you 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 were going to come to the altar you were going to say god brought us into this land and because he brought us here here's the first fruits and then he then you got to recite all the history this is where we started and this is where we are today aren't you glad i don't make you do that would we be very good at it you're going to set it down before the lord your god you're going to bow down this is a posture of worship here the bow before the lord your god then you together with the levites and the aliens who reside among you shall celebrate with all the bounty you're going to have a party party with good barbecue and wonderful food all the bounty of the lord your god has given you and your house two emphases that i want to bring out of this First of all, this is Moses pointing forward to a time when they've stepped into the promised land. And it's not just about temporally, I want you to look forward to that, but I want you to think in terms of a time when God has fulfilled his promise to you. God has promised that he would do this, he's promised this for generations, and you get to be the generation that experiences the fulfillment of that promise, being brought into the promised land. God making a way for you to settle down in this place and making the soil such that it would produce a harvest. We, uh, we don't relate to the promise of a land very well in modern times. That's not what we do. If we live in a place, we, we tell a story about armies coming and conquering, don't we? We say our settlers came and they, they, they made, made the, the place a habitable place and those kinds of things. But for Israel, there was nothing about where they wound up that they could do anything but say, Wow, God. Say that with me real quickly. Wow, God. And I would say to you the best correlation that we have what I would like you to kind of make as a, a part of how you see this kind of language from the Old Testament and make it part of your world today is that we live on this side of the Messiah's death, burial, and resurrection. Amen? You and I are participators in a kingdom that nobody prior to that death, burial, and resurrection, nobody prior to Jesus would have ever realized we would come. We are filled with a spirit 
We have the opportunity every day not to sit down and say, oh, how many rules do I need to check off the list today? But instead, we get to say, I have faith in Christ and His Spirit fills me and I will live every moment in every way to praise and worship and glorify Him. Amen? That is the land of promise that we have come into. And the question is, what is the first fruit of our hearts and our lives that we want to lay on the altar for God? Because that's the second emphasis that I want to make. If they recognize what God did, and, and you need to hear that, that, those words that they're supposed to say when they come, right? Maybe we need to start doing that when we, before we have the prayer for our, our financial gifts and giving back to God. We need to say something like, we recognize that we would not be in this place of forgiveness and freedom if it weren't for Jesus Christ. And then we could go back and we could say, and before I give it, I want to be sure you know that I came from all these people who didn't know Jesus, and now I'm here and I know Jesus, and I'm thankful for that. Maybe. Somehow or another, I don't think that would fly in our setting. But in your heart of hearts, I hope you hear. Total dependence. I am only here, and I am only where I am because of what God's doing for me and has done for me. And so I lay this gift down, and I want it to be the first and the best. There's a powerful connection here, because this idea of first fruits comes up over and over again, particularly in these first five books. And one could maybe think that we're talking about, oh, we get into the land, and the first time we harvest, we do that. But that is not the way it is. Every year, you're to bring these first fruit harvests. If you go back to the Ten Commandments, there is this, this moment to take a deep breath. Before we start telling you how you're going to live your life, and as we end what it is to know who God is and to re revere Him in your life, we take this deep breath called Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And you might say, what a strange thing to ask people to do. Why stop? Except in a world where almost everything that you lived on was not because you went to H-E-B that, H -E that day and got it, and not because you turned on the tap to get the water, and not because you had done adjusted the temperature to whatever was comfortable that day. Instead, it was a life that was lived where what you got that day was dependent on the work that you put in that day. And now God says, stop. And depend on me. There was a time in Israel's history where they were told, yes, I know there's a sea in front of us, but we're going to step out into the sea and we're going to walk across. And there wasn't any way that anybody was going to swim that far and there was no way that anybody was going to build that bridge. We we're only going to be able to do that because God would do it. It was a moment where they had to be completely dependent on God. And now we come to the harvest. We don't have a whole lot of farmers among us. But one of the things that farmers are very attuned to is when it's right, we need to harvest it now. Because when it is right, it is at incredible risk. And God says, 
I want you to go out and I want you to harvest. And then I want you to stop. And I want you to bring that to the place that I'll designate. And I want you to give that to me. Wait, God, what? there's clouds on the horizon. We, need to, we, we really need to do this first. Oh, wait, God, I, you know, it, it, it's getting worse every day. I mean, the, the crop is not as good as it will be tomorrow. So I know that you want us to be filled and with plenty. So we're going to, no, take the first and stop. And bring it to me. And trust that I will make what I leave in your hands more wonderful and full and blessed, nutritious, helpful as it can possibly be. More than you could imagine. It reminds them to trust not what they can do with their own hands. Not what you and I can do with our own efforts but to trust in what God will do. So the first answer to why give, bottom line is, we answer because we trust God. Can you say it with me? Because we trust God. I'm going to do it one more time, except I'm going to ask the question, why give? And for Israel 3,000 years ago, and for us, one way that you help the whole person grow are the practices of personal economy. You see, this isn't about trusting God with our finances. This is about trusting God with everything that we are. This is about saying, I recognize that I am less without you. This is about saying it doesn't how much, matter how much there is at my disposal. It means nothing unless it is dedicated to and is fully entrusted in what God wants to do. So why do we send our children up here to give? And yes, one of the reasons is, is it's just way fun. Somebody say amen. But it is intended to be something that helps Families do the practice of saying, you are going to join us in our giving. And the end of that lesson is not, we give a little money. The end of that lesson is, we give everything to God. Amen? And we will trust Him to care for us. It's one of those steps that says, I want to trust Him. Luke chapter 16, Jesus is telling a parable. And in, and in a powerful way, it kind of illustrates this answer to why give. Starting with verse 10, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with, and there's this phrase that kind of comes up in text all the time, true riches. And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, by the way, who's the owner of everything that we have? God is. If you've not been trustworthy with that property, who will give you property 
of your own. You see, faithfulness in this little thing, faithfulness in this little thing is intended not for us to check a box that says, ah, I did it. In fact, God, you're really going to be proud of me. I did 11% this year. Woo! That's not the point. The point is, God, thank you for giving me an opportunity to give because I want to grow in being your person of faith more every single day. So how can we be a people who are letting giving shape our trust in God? First of all, we need to see our finances as integral to our faith. To the idea of trusting God, somehow or another, our finances fit into that because it seems to come up, Old Testament, law, prophets, Jesus, and the letters. It's all there. It is integral to our faith. I might ask you, when you look at your debit card or your credit card or you look at that screen that has your personal finances that you manage and Boy, now it's on your, on your phone now. Doesn't that scare you to death? Got all the <laughs> records there. When you look at that, you see it as something sacred. Something God's entrusted to you. And something that has an impact on your faith. Do you see it the same way that you might open the Bible? Do you see it the same way that you might pick up communion elements? God, I want you in me is what we say of those communion elements. I want to remember you. Do we open our pocketbook and say, God, I want to remember you? It's bigger than money. Secondly, we need to understand the power of first fruits in our own economy, in my economy. We need to be a people who are budgeting. Because if you're not spending your money on purpose, your money is driving you to places that you don't want to go. And if you've been one of those people who've moved from not budgeting to budgeting, you know that reality. And when we budget, the place that God says I need to be put is not, I'll do 10% of whatever's left over after I'm done with all my expenses. It is the portion that I want to give on the front end. And if that's 1% or 5% or 10% or 50%. And there are some very generous givers here. Whatever it is, that's what I've decided. And it's not what's left over. It's where I start. Third, we need to be a people. If we're going to let giving grow and shape our trust in God, we need to grow to regard all we have as resources to be used For and by God. All of it. Have you got a car that gets you down the road? It's about ministry. Have you got a house that keeps the water out and the cool air in? Somebody say hallelujah. Then it's for God to use. If you have a wonderful savings account, it's for God to use. I want to be sure. God wants you to care for your family. I'm not saying that he doesn't. God wants to bless you and, and wants you to create good things on this earth. But don't ever think that it's not God's. Well, that's mine. 
No, it's all God. There's this powerful sense in which this idea of treasure in heaven, treasures with God or God's treasures, and the question might be, what do we need to let go of to have more Jesus? Wasn't that what he was asking the young the, the man that he met? What do you need to let go of to have more Jesus? So see, it's not a message about just about finances. It's a message about faith. Because what we proclaim from the text and what we proclaim as a truth of God is we got nothing till we have Jesus. And this morning, I want to ask you, what's in the way of you having more Jesus? Have a conversation with your spouse. Have a conversation with a friend. Have a conversation with someone that's sitting next to you that says, I recognize that this may be something I need to put aside so I can have more Jesus, or this is something I want to add to my life so I can have more Jesus. Maybe you want to come forward today to say, I need the prayers of the church because I need more, I want more Jesus, and I need y'all to travel that journey with me. Maybe you recognize that your life needs to be immersed in the blood of Christ so that it can become part of the treasures that are heavenly and not part of the things that you hold on to in this earth. Whatever it may be, this song is a time for us to think about that question. What's in the way of me having more Jesus? We're going to stand. If you'd like to come forward to ask for anything that we could help with, don't hesitate to do so. If you're online with us, we have a number there. You can go on and stand up. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There's a number there, and you're welcome to send us a message, and we'll start that conversation. But let's sing together. Lord, take my life, make it your own. Lord, live through me, for I am not my own. Lost without Christ.
At this time, um, reminding if parents, if you have kids in stage two, um, it's time to come get them. They'll be coming back as we start our um, communion service. <clears throat> Great is thy faithfulness, O God. I grew up hearing wonderful stories, and they're nearly unbelievable stories. There were stories about crazy things that happened, the oceans spreading apart and people walking across on dry land and uh, all kinds of, uh, an ark being built and animals being gathered on this ark and the whole earth. I heard these miraculous stories. And I heard stories and I always wondered, what would it be like if I could have been standing there during those times? What would it have been like to, you know, see things? And then I think about, like, when Jesus was born. If I could have been in that stable 
and maybe even seen Mary and Joseph and seen baby Jesus and maybe even get to touch and hold Jesus. What, what would that have been like? And then I think about all the miracles that Jesus performed. What would it have been like to be there? To see somebody that had been blind for their entire life and then all of a sudden they can see. Uh, many miracles that y'all know, know a lot of. What would it have been like to have been there at the Last Supper? We, we call it the Last Supper. When he had all the disciples gathered and they had a feast and, you know, he went around, what would it have been like to have been one of the people that Jesus touched? And then I think about, you know, his death and burial and resurrection. What would it have been like to be alive and been there in that time to see and witness those things? And, and you know, there's people that touch the scars, humans that touch the scars in his hand. Well, right now we have a time to get as close to Jesus as we possibly can on this side of earth. While we're on earth, this side of heaven. We have the opportunity to partake of an emblem. We get to taste and touch Jesus' body, an emblem that represents that. So it's a time where we come together. We get to take a, partake of a juice that is uh, representative of his blood. So here's our opportunity to touch Jesus, to be close. Lord, we're so thankful for your sacrifice, for all the examples that you gave for us, the things that we, we read about and that we saw that you did. We're thankful for your eventual suffering and sacrifice for us that we could have grace and be perfect and holy in your sight. We're thankful for this bread and we pray that we will be touched by your body as we partake of this. In Christ's name we pray. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. We continue our thoughts uh, as we partake this cup. Lord, we're so thankful again for your sacrifice, for your blood, that we get to taste, that we get to have an emblem of, to remember the suffering that you went through and the blood that redeems us, that saves us, that makes us pure and clean and holy in your sight. We're thankful for this sacrifice and all that you've done for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning. 
come to a time of giving, and after that lesson, I don't have a lot to say. Alan's already said everything, or is in the process of saying things. But this is a time for discerning, and we want to remember that. We want to, this is a time our elders and leadership look at what we can do in the future. So we pray that you be mindful and thoughtful of your gift during this next three months. Let's go to our Father in prayer. Our dear and Father, we are a blessed nation. We are a blessed people. Uh, we are so thankful for all that you've done for us. We pray that we will be mindful that uh, we know what you want. You want our hearts. And we pray that as we give, that we give with our hearts. That we give cheerfully. That we give in a manner that will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Thanks again for all the blessings that you give us. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. All right. Now I get to watch the fun stuff. Amen. Kids gifts. So if you're wondering when it's time to start teaching your children about Jesus, it's the day they're born. In fact, maybe even prior to that, you can start reading those great stories that Randy was talking about while they're in the womb. But, uh, you know, a child is born, maybe in the hospital or, or maybe at home if you decide on a home birth or, or maybe you just wait a little bit late to go to the hospital and you have a car birth, but whatever, and they take that baby and lay it on the mother's chest, and maybe that baby starts nursing, and that bond between mother and child starts right then. Right, ladies? Well, that bond between that child and Jesus could start right then as well. So, never too young. I'd like to thank everybody for attending. Boy, I got close to that thing, got loud. Uh, for being here today. Uh, oh, I did have a thought when Alan mentioned about the rich young ruler and possibly... You know, well, man, I could take this money for, my, like, my kids or take care of my parents and this kind of thing. It made me think of when I started thinking about doing estate planning. And I was sitting there thinking, well, I'd, you know, make this investment and move this money over here and do this and do that and get this will ready. And I realized I'm sitting here wondering about how much money I'm going to die with. I think there's more important things to worry about. So my new estate planning is to spend it all and give it all away. If I leave my kids anything, it's because I misfigured. <laughs> so anyway, giving. Give it all away. Uh, thanks for joining us. I know there's a lot more joining us online. This uh, COVID thing's kicked up again. Appreciate you being here. Uh, we have a slide here. Uh, Alan's, we mentioned many times about the lanyards and respecting that. Some more people wearing masks, that's good. Take care of yourselves. Please take care of yourselves. Uh, I'm not a doctor. I had to start out with that. I'm a firm believer in vitamins, boosting your immune system. Zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D. Get outside, get some sunshine, okay? Just everything you do, just let's do what we can to, to help, help ourselves. Uh, 
In our carrying and sharing, please read that front to cover. It doesn't take that long. Inside here are some thank you notes from some recent people. There's four of them. Uh, anytime we get a thank you note, we always try to print it in the caring sharing so that you can read it personally, uh, and, and we appreciate that. And so be sure and take a look at those. Be sure and look at our prayer list. We've got several on the prayer list, and uh, let's keep those people uh, in mind and in our, in our prayers. Uh, ah, I knew I saw this somewhere. Alan, are we trying to do fellowship meal next Sunday? That's in your slide. Okay. All right, good. Scratch that. Never mind. Fellowship meal was canceled due to the infections and everything and, uh, and all. So, uh, once again, just appreciate everyone being here, joining us online. We certainly appreciate that. If you're a visitor, we want to welcome you. Please fill out a visitor card in front of you. If you haven't already, you can give it to someone, put it in the box there in the back. Uh, we certainly want a record. Just give us whatever information you're, you're uh, uh, comfortable with. Uh, we'd like to just have a record and be able to reach out to you if, if, if you'd like. Uh, we promise not to try and call you and sell your car warranty. So don't worry about putting your phone number down there. We won't sell it. Uh, if there's nothing further, let's go to our Father in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we just want to come before you in this morning as we're thinking of the blessings that you have given us, the blessings from from our physical families, our spiritual families, uh, the blessing of love that you have given us when we, when we deserve nothing, uh, the blessing of grace that you have given us, uh, Jesus and his examples, Jesus and his teachings. Lord, we just thank you for these blessings. We also want to thank you for the material blessings that you've given us, Lord, and just let us uh, look within ourselves and just realize that uh, the true blessing that we can give you is faith, trusting in you, uh, not giving thought to what we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear, but simply trusting in you. Lord, help us to have this faith. Help us to put our trust in you. Uh, Lord, just thank you for your word. Thank you for Alan bringing it to us. Uh, just thank you for the visitors that are here this morning and just ask that they have been blessed, that all of us have been blessed. Uh, Lord, just help us to go out into uh, our schools, our work, our homes. Uh, let us just always uh, spread the good news of Jesus. Let us be joyful. Uh, let us let people see Jesus in us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand as we close. <coughs> Would you be poured out like wine upon the altar for me? Would you be broken like bread to feed the hungry? Would you be so one with me that you would do just as I will? Would you be light and life and love my word fulfilled? Yes, I'll be pour out like wine upon the altar for you. Yes, I'll be broken like bread to feed the hungry. Yes, I'll be so one with you that I will do just as you will. Yes, I'll be light and life and love your word fulfilled. Go with God. Thank you.